section five of the united states this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the world's story volume thirteen the united states edited by eva march tappan section five the message of lydia dara seventeen seventy seven by elizabeth f ellet on the second day of december seventeen seventy seven late in the afternoon an officer in the british uniform ascended the steps of a house in second street philadelphia immediately opposite the quarters occupied by general howe who at that time had full possession of the city the house was plain and neat in its exterior and well known to be tenanted by william and lydia dara members of the society of friends it was the place chosen by the superior officers of the army for private conference whenever it was necessary to hold consultations on subjects of importance and selected perhaps on account of the unobtrusive character of its inmates whose religion inculcated meekness and forbearance and forbade them to practise the arts of war the officer who seemed familiar with the mansion knocked at the door it was opened and in the neatly furnished parlour he met the mistress who spoke to him calling him by name it was the adjutant-general and he appeared in haste to give an order this was to desire that the back room above stairs might be prepared for the reception that evening of himself and his friends who were to meet there and remain late and be sure lydia he concluded that your family are all in bed at an early hour i shall expect you to attend to this request when our guests are ready to leave the house i will myself give you notice that you may let us out and extinguish the fire and candles having delivered this order with an emphatic manner which showed that he relied much on the prudence and discretion of the person he addressed the adjutant-general departed lydia betook herself to getting all things in readiness but the words she had heard especially the injunction to retire early rang in her ears and she could not divest herself of the indefinable feeling that something of importance was in agitation while her hands were busy in the duties that devolved upon her her mind was no less actively at work the evening closed in and the officers came to the place of meeting lydia had ordered all her family to bed and herself admitted the guests after which she retired to her own apartment and threw herself without undressing upon the bed but sleep refused to visit her eyelids her vague apprehensions gradually assumed more definite shape she became more and more uneasy till her nervous restlessness amounted to absolute terror unable longer to resist the impulse not of curiosity but surely of a far higher feeling she slid from her bed and taking off her shoes passed noiselessly from her chamber and along the entry 
approaching cautiously the apartment in which the officers were assembled she applied her ear to the keyhole for a few moments she could distinguish but a word or two amid the murmur of voices yet what she did hear but stimulated her eager desire to learn the important secret of the conclave at length there was profound silence and a voice was heard reading a paper aloud it was an order for the troops to quit the city on the night of the fourth and march out to a secret attack upon the american army then encamped at white marsh lydia had heard enough she retreated softly to her own room and laid herself quietly on the bed in the deep stillness that reigned through the house she could hear the beating of her own heart the heart now throbbing with emotions to which no speech could give utterance it seemed to her that but a few moments had elapsed when there was a knocking at her door she knew well what the signal meant but took no heed it was repeated and more loudly still she gave no answer again and yet more loudly the knocks were repeated and then she rose quickly and opened the door it was the adjutant-general who came to inform her they were ready to depart lydia let them out fastened the house and extinguished the lights and fire again she returned to her chamber and to bed but repose was a stranger for the rest of the night her mind was more disquieted than ever she thought of the danger that threatened the lives of thousands of her countrymen and of the ruin that impended over the whole land something must be done and that immediately to avert this widespread destruction should she awaken her husband and inform him that would be to place him in special jeopardy by rendering him a partaker of her secret and he might too be less wary and prudent than herself no come what might she would encounter the risk alone after a petition for heavenly guidance her resolution was formed and she waited with composure though sleep was impossible till the dawn of day then she waked her husband and informed him flour was wanted for the use of the household and that it was necessary she should go to frankfort to procure it this was no uncommon occurrence and her declining the attendance of the maid-servant excited little surprise taking the bag with her she walked through the snow having stopped first at headquarters obtained access to general howe and secured his written permission to pass the british lines the feelings of a wife and mother one whose religion was that of love and whose life was but a quiet round of domestic duties bound on an enterprise so hazardous and uncertain whether her life might not be the forfeit may be better imagined than described lydia reached frankfort distant four or five miles and deposited her bag at the mill now commenced the dangers of her undertaking for she pressed forward with all haste towards the outposts of the american army her determination was to apprise general washington of the danger she was met on her way by an american officer who had been selected by general washington to gain information respecting the movements of the enemy according to some authorities this was lieutenant colonel craig of the light horse he immediately recognized her and inquired whither she was going in reply she prayed him to alight and walk with her which he did ordering his men to keep in sight 
to him she disclosed the secret after having obtained from him a solemn promise not to betray her individuality since the british might take vengeance on her and her family the officer thanked her for her timely warning and directed her to go to a house near at hand where she might get something to eat but lydia preferred returning at once and did so while the officer made all haste to the commander-in-chief preparations were immediately made to give the enemy a fitting reception with a heart lightened and filled with thankfulness the intrepid woman pursued her way homeward carrying the bag of flour which had served as the ostensible object of her journey none suspected the grave demure quakeress of having snatched from the english their anticipated victory her demeanour was as usual quiet orderly and subdued and she attended to the duties of her family with her wonted composure but her heart beat as late on the appointed night she watched from her window the departure of the army on what secret expedition bound she knew too well she listened breathlessly to the sound of their footsteps and the trampling of horses till it died away in the distance and silence reigned through the city time never appeared to pass so slowly as during the interval which elapsed between the marching out and the return of the british troops when at last the distant roll of the drum proclaimed their approach when the sounds came nearer and nearer and lydia who was watching at the window saw the troops pass in martial order the agony of anxiety she felt was too much for her strength and she retreated from her post not daring to ask a question or manifest the least curiosity as to the event a sudden and loud knocking at her door was not calculated to lessen her apprehensions she felt that the safety of her family depended on her self-possession at this critical moment the visitor was the adjutant-general who summoned her to his apartment with a pale cheek but composed for she placed her trust in a higher power lydia obeyed the summons the officer's face was clouded and his expression stern he locked the door with an air of mystery when lydia entered and motioned her to a seat after a moment of silence he said were any of your family up lydia on the night when i received company in this house no was the unhesitating reply they all retired at eight o'clock it is very strange said the officer amused a few minutes you i know lydia were asleep for i knocked at your door three times before you heard me yet it is certain that we were betrayed i am altogether at a loss to conceive who could have given the information of our intended attack to general washington on arriving near his encampment we found his cannon mounted his troops under arms and so prepared at every point to receive us that we have been compelled to march back without injuring our enemy like a parcel of fools it is not known whether the officer ever discovered to whom he was indebted for the disappointment but the pious quakeress blessed god for her preservation and rejoiced that it was not necessary for her to utter an untruth in her own defence and all who admire examples of courage and patriotism especially those who enjoy the fruit of them must honour the name of lydia darrah
end of section five this recording is in the public domain